Hello and welcome back to another episode of Force Proximity. We're a husband and wife team that reads romance books and watches romance movies. I'm romance reader Jonathan, and with me is my wife, romance writer Megan. This week we have a movie episode featuring The Wedding Singer, starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Now, I'm pretty much giving up on our five-star rating challenge, but if you want to go ahead and do that, <laughs> you can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or just give us an upvote on wherever you listen to us. I don't care how many we have anymore. <laughs> it's just not working. Probably all of our listeners that want to give us a rating. Have already done it. Or or they're not listening on Apple. Yeah. In which case, they can't give us The a majority of our listeners are on Apple, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. More than half. Sure. Uh, if you want to ask us any questions, you can go ahead and do that in the review section of Apple Podcasts or DM us on Instagram at Force Proximity Podcast. We do have a Patreon with the same name, Force Proximity Podcast, right? We do. But we don't have much activity on that yet, so... I haven't really posted anything. It's not complete. So, yeah. So we'll let you know when that happens. Yeah. I think your microphone is backwards. I didn't know there was a backwards. Is it like this? Yeah, that's better. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> well, luckily I didn't say much. No. Ooh, I don't know what just happened there. Something clicked. Okay. It's fine. I can hear you. Wait, is it backwards again? No, I can hear you. Because I twisted it. No, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. You're you're coming up. Did you pause the recording? No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so another uh, interesting fact. This is a movie that you were shocked I had never seen. Yes. <laughs> so we're on... We're on HBO because they have a huge romance section and they're not like some of them are a little odd, but most it's not like Netflix odd where they're putting things like, you know, I don't know, I'm the shining into the romance section like that just obviously doesn't fit. <laughs> but the HBO romance section has so much. So we're on the HBO romance section. We went all the way to the W's. Yeah. Um, before we picked a movie for this week and it was the perfect movie because it was really late at night <laughs> and it was sleepy time for Jonathan. And so we needed something that was going to keep him up. So I saw the wedding singer and you said, you know, I've never seen that. And I was like, we're watching it now. <laughs> well, nothing like I just never got around to it. It came out in what? 98. Yeah. That would have put me sixth, seventh grade. Okay. And we're, that's a little young for a romantic yep. Adam Sandler. Yeah. And And then it never came back around again. It just never came back around. Yeah. We that, didn't have HBO. Like movies weren't readily available like they are now. Well You had to go to Blockbuster and my parents hate, hate Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. So they're like, no, we're not watching that. I'm just surprised you you're like no none of your buddies in college just watched never it. never came up. Yeah. It was just one of those things. <laughs> well, you probably I don't even know. <laughs> Would you like it more if you had seen it 
in your teens and 20s? <sighs> you know, I'm not, I don't really love Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah. I, I like Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I, Billy Madison is fine. I, if I never saw that again, I'd be okay. I love Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other ones he's made? Mm-hmm. Fifty First Dates I like a lot. That's I guess, another one we have to watch for the podcast. Yeah, I, I, like the the stupid ones I don't really like. And he he's left those behind a long he has. time ago. He has. Now he's doing like the family oriented comedies with some romance in them. Yeah, which I, I never, appreciate. I've never seen Click either. Uh, isn't that like? Doesn't that have a really bad ending i i don't know i've never seen it i thought it, i I've haven't heard. seen it either but that yeah that's what i've heard but i and you but uh another stupid one that he made that i liked yeah. a lot is anger management that has jack nicholson though. i know you can't really go <laughs> wrong with jack nicholson well but what about like don't mess with the zohan uh... and what about the devil one Little like, Nikki, I think that I, one has Little Nikki, I've seen in spurts. Hate it. Don't <laughs> mess with the Zohan. I kind of love that one. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> that one is that one is funny. <laughs> I like the idea of like an Israeli hairdresser. Is he Mossad or is he just like some kind of superhero? He's he's special forces. Okay. Yeah. It was. I thought it was funny. Well, I like the premise, <laughs> but I've never seen it. And it's Adam Sandler. So if he goes like, oh, Mister, at Miss, some point, I'm not willing to see it. No, so. he's he has like he's Israeli. Is a really Israeli accent. However, if <laughs> no, it's diff. It's it's still Adam. You Sandler. don't. You're you don't want to watch that one. Well, no, I know. Uh, the other one I like is, uh, dang, I just had it. It's like Big Daddy. I don't know. It's like in that vein. Like a feel good. Oh, Mr. Deeds. It's not like Big Daddy at all, oh, I but I like that, that one. I hate that movie. That one's a stupid one too. Yeah. But it's not Billy Madison stupid. It's not Little I've Mad- never seen Billy Madison. So to me, Mr. Deeds is like as maybe like my limit of dumbness in a movie yeah like i can't take anything lower than that so that is my bottom of the barrel which means i don't like it very much no well after i just said i don't like them much and just like spouted off seven movies of his that i liked (laughs) so maybe i do like them (laughs) you're a guy born in the 80s of course you like adam sandler movies all right so this one was it could have been better. Like it had a shot to be a a like a probably is a classic. I I would not put it as it's not no, a classic. It could have been. If it didn't have like the stupid Adam Sandlerness of it. Right. Like it if it just stood alone as a rom com, it 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 could have been a contender. <laughs> <laughs> it could have had class. Is the next line that also hit that also fits for this movie? Yeah, uh, there were things I liked about this movie. Like there were some. I I think the plot is, you know, it's kind of a throwback to old Hollywood plot. 
I feel like it's very. Well, you're gonna have to explain that to me. It just it's very. Um, it's very simple. It's very like plot driven, and it's. Uh, I I think it's. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe it's the pacing. You know, I complain a lot about modern movies, and they just seem like. Like, why was that scene necessary? Or that scene was about 10 seconds too long. The camera should have cut here. Like, why did we see her walk away for for another three seconds? It destroys the pacing. And I feel like modern movies do this all the time, where the pacing is just messed up. The pacing of this movie is spot on. And it's it's similar to the pacing of classic cinema. Like, old Hollywood, like 30s and 40s movies, the pacing was... I mean the classics. There are always some flops in any in any era, but I mean the classics that we still watch, like that. I don't know the Phil- the Philadelphia story. The pacing is perfect. Like there's not a moment that's out of place in that movie, and the wedding singer is like, yeah, it's a whole lot sillier than the Philadelphia story. But it's equally well paced. You are entertained the whole point. Like there's no joke that should have ended like a beat sooner. Yeah. Like the jokes might have been off color and today they wouldn't have been there at all. But at least like it it didn't drag out. And I think there's a that is a hidden art. That I that I appreciate. So you like the pacing, all right? Uh, I I I'm I don't know. I guess I agree with you, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I I mean, I liked the movie. It was it was a good rom com. Yeah, it was. It just could have been better. It was just so silly. Yeah, it, it's like. Adam Sandler didn't trust himself enough to make the rom-com. That's like a good point. The, the classic rom-com that he wanted to make or yeah. or maybe that he was told to make. I don't know anything about the production of this. And he had to put those, as you said, the Saturday Night Live-isms in there. Yeah. I don't know anything about Adam Sandler on Saturday Night Live. Um, Very so silly. Yeah. <sighs> So like the Billy Madison type humor mm-hmm. that he does or did or used to, I, whatever. Yeah, it's that he he relied on that. He was starting to get out of it and then he relied on it. He didn't again. He yeah. And I don't know if that was the studio. It was probably studio saying, "Hey dude, you got to put this in there. That's what the crowd wants to see." Exactly. You're Adam Sandler. Be when, Adam Sandler. Yeah, and when he it would have been even better if he didn't do that. If yes. he like trusted his instincts. And that's probably he wasn't Adam Sandler yet. Yes, he was. No, 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 no. Like Adam Sandler now. He's a different Adam Sandler now. He's yes. a subdued Adam Sandler now. But Adam Sandler of nineteen ninety eight was Billy Madison. Like that's who Adam Sandler was. But I don't think he had he didn't have the power behind his name to say, no, I'm not doing that. It was his production company. 
He absolutely had the power. Well, then he should have done it. He he should. If it was I, him, I if it, it was, was him saying like too scared yeah. to try it, he shouldn't have. He should have went for it. He should have. And we have. I mean, that's what uh, the movie you like that's set in Hawaii. Fifty first dates. Yeah, that that is more. You know, I, it's like there's a okay. There's a hierarchy. Not a hierarchy. Uh, like a the Kinsey scale, but not for sexuality. <laughs> what is it called? A continuum. A spectrum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> a spectrum of Adam Sandler, and like all the way on the left, like the zero, the Sandler level zero. That is like the devil movie. Little Nicky. Okay, Little Nicky and slash Billy Madison slash Happy Gilmore. That's that Adam Sandler. Yeah. And then all the way on the sixth level is that show that he made for Netflix, the the story show where he's the cobbler. Oh, no. That's not the other end of the spectrum. He wasn't Adam Sandler at all in that no, uh, is what I'm saying. No, but it was still funny. And I do love that movie, too. <laughs> But no, the other end would be was that last movie he made where he was a jeweler. No, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that wasn't the cobbler. Oh, I forget what it's called, but that was not. Well, the... whatever. The cobbler's like a five point six, probably. Yeah. It's still very or Spanglish or something like their punch drunk love. Something on the other end. That's I didn't see those, but it can't be. He was still Adam Sandler in that. Now he is totally grown up, and he is all about the kids. Yes. And the the one with Chris Rock and Kevin James. Those Grown those ups. movies. I love those too. I like those too. <laughs> That's like Adam Sandler level four. And you, yeah. I, like four and up is good. But The Wedding Singer is sort of right in the middle. Like he still has those Billy Madison-isms. I would say it's a little closer to the, to the what, zero Billy Madison? Yeah. I would say it's closer to that than the middle. Okay. But I... It would have been better if it was a four. But then, you know, his his cast of side characters, I think, still puts him like I, I anytime I see that. But those like are, Rob, whatever his name is, Rob Schneider, Rob Schneider, Steve Buscemi, like in a completely outlandish. Like they're playing for laughs, but it's just so stupid. Yeah. And that's the happy Madison crew. Yes. I hate him. I mean, all those actors individually. <laughs> I love Steve love Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I hate him in Adam Sandler movies. Um, and I mean, good for him for playing that like that weird. Physical. Just having fun with his friends. I know, I know, and it's fine. Part of me likes that he like he has his friends with him, and he always gives them jobs because yeah. I feel like that's what you should do. Like it's your role. If you are more su- successful, he takes you need care to... of his people. Yeah, exactly. I love that. At the same time, I'm really sick of his people. Um, uh, but I feel the same way about Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio at this point. Like, just stop casting Leonardo DiCaprio as every major character. Yeah, but he's good. <laughs> I disagree. I feel like he is always. Some guy who has way too much sense of humor. Side note, when you think of him, what's what's the role you think of? Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. 
Mine is going to shock everybody. The aviator. Really? <laughs> yeah, which is like his worst role. Mine is Growing Pains. He was on Growing Pains? <laughs> really? Yeah, and I just always think of him as the kid on Growing Pains. Oh. It, it That's the first, one of the first things I think of. Oh. Second would be Titanic. I think of him as old and getting fat, Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't think of that one. I do. And I think of the meme, the meme Leonardo DiCaprio where from, he's like- From uh, Django Unchained? Yes. <laughs> Did you ever see when they make I him love fat? That. What? There's one where they like make him fat. No, I don't know. And he's got like there's. <laughs> it was around Halloween. It's like me, dads with their kids Reese's cups, and he's fat, and he's got the, <laughs> got the Reese's cups up here. <laughs> That's, uh, that is one of my favorite memes. Yeah, dads with a stud finder, and is like pointed at yeah. them. <laughs> It's always dads. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the stupid face we make. Yeah. It's true. Um, All right. Back to. Back to the wedding singer. Do you have a favorite part of that movie? I mean, I, I love the, the rally at the ending. Like, I love it when when a whole gang of people get together to really uplift the main character. And like send them on their merry way to make things right. Like I really love that. Yeah. I'm like, like that's my catnip <laughs> as the phrase goes, as the kids are saying. Are they now? In Romance Landia. Oh, yes. Okay. But I don't I don't normally speak Romance Landia. I have my alternate like views of everything. <laughs> but I can visit it from afar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the ending. I I like the part with Christine Taylor. I like Christine Taylor a lot in that movie. Ben Stiller's wife? Yeah. Yeah. I like when she's doing her Rubik's Cube. <laughs> you do, you have a Rubik's Cube and you're really good at it. <laughs> but every time you pick it up, I think no one will ever solve this. <laughs> I'm trying to. And I, I used to say that when you were playing with your Rubik's Cube. I used to always say that, and you're always like, huh? <laughs> and it's like, of all the lines to think from the wedding singer, <laughs> it's like, that's like the mailman saying hello. I mean, it's like, it's such a, it's such a dumb line to remember, but I always remember it. <laughs> uh, okay. That's your favorite part. <laughs> Well, and the Billy Idol part at the end, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I don't know what my favorite part is. I'd have to see it again. It's, okay. I'd have to watch this movie again to pick one out. But I, you know what? No. My favorite part was when <laughs> with John Lovitz. Oh. <laughs> that was so <sighs> funny. I know. I <laughs> that love... dude is so underrated. I know. <laughs> he's He's hilarious. I know. He he's one of the reasons that I love um the baseball movie so much. Oh, A League, a of, League their of Their Own. Yeah. I love him in that. He's great. And a I a really funny movie I like with him in it mm -hmm. that I don't know if people like is Rat Race. 
I think you made me watch that one time. May probably, and you probably didn't like it, but I love that movie, mm-hmm. and I because of him, because mm-hmm. he's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's my favorite part right right now. Mm-hmm. Having seen it once, the John Lovitz part, because <laughs> he's so gross. I know, and sleazy and slimy. But he kind of underplays it too. Yeah, like, and it's perfect. Like he is that perfect, like sleazy guy, because it's not overdone. It's so believable. Uh huh. Which I think takes a lot of skill. I think his face helps. <laughs> There's no way you saw Rat Race and didn't like it. Says two. You like John Lovitz? Yeah. He's in it. You like. Rowan Atkinson, he's in it. I love Rowan Atkinson. So there's no way you watched that movie. Okay. And didn't like it. Maybe we we're going to watch it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I feel like, okay, I don't like like races. They're, they're kind of like heist movies to me. It I is. I don't like heist movies. They're my least favorite films. Okay. So maybe that's why. Maybe, but it was still really good. Yeah. All right. So, wedding singer, favorite character. <clears throat> okay, it's not Drew Barrymore. No, because she annoys the crap out of me. Um. Uh Oh, well, okay. Probably my favorite character is the limo driver best friend. <laughs> he's and he's good. He's had some like his own movies. Really? In the Happy Madison family. Yeah. I I remember him as the lawyer from Big Daddy. Yeah. That's that's about it. The movie Grandma's Boy, that's his standalone. Oh, I didn't see it's, that. And I I like that one a lot. Oh, there's the Water Boy too. That was how does Adam Sandler get these huge big name actresses? I'm not talking about Drew Barrymore. She's kind of like she's on par with Adam Sandler. She's but big like name. Kathy Bates, Winona so, Ryder. Like to be she was so like silly. Yes. Winona Ryder wasn't silly. No, but she was in that movie when after she had like stopped making movies. Yeah. Kathy Bates was what does he have over these women? <laughs> definitely silly in the water. Jack boys. Nicholson, he he doesn't play that kind of character. They they must really like him. They must like they. He must be really well respected. Yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah. And I think he's like, I mean, he's yeah. You watch his movies now, and some of the jokes are problematic. But that was the time. Like, it's a, I mean, a 90s movie is now a period piece. Like, we're, we, everybody, the world over, laughed at, at some of the jokes. And I'm not talking about Boy George. That, like, that kind of was treated as a travesty even in 1998. Like, I hated the way his character was treated. Um, but some of the other jokes, like the off color stuff that were like, now it's like, oh gosh, that's, that shouldn't be in there. But But you still laugh, but (laughs) some of them, some of them are still funny. Some of them are, 
are not. Yeah, but you probably wouldn't have. You probably would have thought they weren't funny in '98. True. I didn't think Boy George was funny in 1998. I was always feel felt really sad for him. Um, but oh yeah, like the like the calling out people based on their appearance at the wedding, like that's really cringy now. What? Like, like the guy that kept eating. Oh yeah. And like you got to cut the cake because fatty over here is getting anxious or whatever it, whatever the joke was. It's like oh yeah, but is like it people, wasn't that during his like that was breakdown? when he was yeah that was when he was super depressed over over Julia over uh, Drew Barrymore over no 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 no, no his, no, his he, wife his leaving wife him left him at the or altar. his fiance <clears throat> yeah 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 so that was supposed to be. Cringy. Yeah. Yes. But they went over the top. Like the, like the fat guy, like he had to have a roll in his mouth before he like beat up Adam Sandler. Like it, it's just Adam Sandler going too far. That was the Adam Sandlerisms. Like it yeah. would have been fine if he did the, the fat guy joke and then like the table of misfit toys joke. Yeah. And then been done with it. Right. He kept going back to it. Because and- then you can be like, oh, that was really sad. This guy's hurting and he's hurt like hurting people hurt people. And you could leave it as that. Like you could hate Adam Sandler and kinda also feel for him at the moment. Yeah. But now it's like, oh my God, you're like you're still going there. And you you don't feel anything except for, oh, this joke is beating a dead horse here. Right, exactly. It, it was it, it worked and you went it was too much. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, what was this in reference to? Your I favorite lost... character? Oh no, because you were talking about jokes that would have worked, that in... worked then, that don't work now, because it's just the line has moved. Yeah, the line in the sand has moved up. Yeah, and what's what's o- was okay then is not okay anymore. Right. What people, it's not what was okay then, because it wasn't really okay then either. Yeah, but you can get away with it. You can't get away with it anymore. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know why I was saying that. (laughs) I said that block of stuff to exclude it from what I was about to talk about. We're talking about our favorite characters. You said your favorite was the limo driver. The limo driver. But I don't know what he has to do. I don't know. I thought he was a pretty well developed character. Yeah. For like a side, a funny side character. Oh, you're saying we went from there and then you're saying, how does he get all these people? Oh, yeah. How does he get these like cast of extraordinary actors Hall to work famers. with him? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Because aside from the the jokes that don't fly anymore, I think Adam Sandler is a really good person. And I think he's well known as being a really good person. Like really moral and like really good to work with. Yeah. Doesn't screw people over. And in Hollywood, I guess that's like a really big deal because most people are shitty. I could see it. I could see it. I I mean that's what I've heard. Yeah. About him. And uh you can see it the way he like his his Jewish heritage is really important to him. I think the religion as well. And I like the way he works it into all of his movies or yeah. a lot of his movies. Not this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a he had a bar mitzvah. He did. 
his character and, wasn't Jewish in this one, but yeah, his character wasn't Jewish, but he did mention there's only three Jewish families. Like, why would you bring up a bar mitzvah then and not christenings and baptisms? Like, which also happen at that hall. And if there's only three Jewish families in that little in Ridgefield, like, wouldn't you be doing more like, you know, I think that's a nod to his like his Judaism. And I think it's a nod to his upbringing because he was probably one of the only <clears throat> three Jewish families where he grew up in New Hampshire. Mm. Yeah. Well, I like it. He brings it up in a lot. I mean, Zohan. but i like that i like it when people bring up religion not to beat you over the head with it yeah because i like a religious aspect i know a lot of people don't and i i'm not just like any religion like i like to see what people think about god because it's such a complicated issue and i feel like Nowadays, like you, you mention a religion and people are just automatically so turned off. Like, oh, just religion. Blah, blah, blah. I want a Catholic church. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you know, let's have a discussion. That's it's why I love like Sierra Simone's priest. Like to me, that's such a religious book as much as it is an erotic romance. Well, I and, haven't but read it yet. I know. We're going to do it later this year. Um, and we're doing the Intimacy Experiment, which is about a rabbi. And I'm reading Hot Under His Collar by Andy J. Christopher coming up. I really love, like, religion when it's not, like, preachy. Yeah. When it's just like, hey, let's consider these questions and have a discussion because it's interesting. Yeah. I love it. It's also another catnip. All right. <laughs> that went off course from favorite character of the movie <laughs> the limber driver there were combs <laughs> that part was funny he was funny but he had like a sad backstory yeah but he was still funny about it and you get to hear the backstory too a little bit and that was nice yeah um i'll go with adam sandler's my favorite character yeah how did they change well, Drew Barrymore had to like realize she loved the wedding singer. This movie is doing a lot of heavy lifting. When you start out in a place where both of both your hero and heroine are about to marry two different people. Yeah. How do you go from that to them wanting to marry each other in an hour and a half? That's hard work. So is that an accomplishment you're saying? Yes. To do that, to have a well-placed film that's entertaining, because we don't put a lot of value on just like a film's entertainment. Um, we think it has to be artsy in order to be successful. Like, Well, it has to make sense. <clears throat> right. And it has to have a point. Yeah. Unlike the movie we just watched the other day. Oh, my gosh. We'll get into it. but Okay, good. Well, bring this here. Bring like tie this together. Here's my challenge to you. So, where you're going? Tie it. How the characters change through the story, and what how through the heavy lifting. Are you challenging me to answer this question? That is, <laughs> yes, that I'm supposed to be doing anyway. You know me too well. <laughs> anyway, I was just gonna say, the characters have to change a lot, like to 
like they weren't in love. So that helps. They're not. That's how you start. Both Julia and what's Adam Sandler's name? I don't know. Adam Sandler. (laughs) They weren't in love with Glenn and Linda. So they didn't have to fall out of love. So that puts them a step closer. Then they have a friendship, which puts them a step closer. Then she asks for for Adam Sandler's help <clears throat> to plan a to wedding plan her when wedding. He's depressed that, about being left at the altar. <laughs> to plan a wedding, yeah, and that brings them a step closer together. So there, it, there are these incremental steps, and they realize that they first they have to realize that they are not in love with partner number one. And then they have to realize their friendship means a lot with, you know, new partner that will become part new partner number two. And then they have to want to be with partner number two. Then something has to happen to make them think that partner two is is like is off. And then they have to, like, make an even huger leap to then profess their, profess their undying love. That is a song. lot. That is a lot for 90 minutes. Yeah. And they pulled it off. And you have a lot fewer scenes in a movie than in a book. Yes. In a book, it could be more easily done. Because you and people, more pages. And people still don't start out in relationships with other people very often. And to have two of them, like that makes it even more difficult. When it's like if the guy is single, but the woman's engaged... Then that's half your battle. Yeah. Or, you know, vice versa. But to have both of them with other people at the start and both of them think that they're happy. Well, like, it, I think it... To, to push back a little bit. That's Adam, fine. Adam Sandler wasn't with someone <clears throat> ever on screen. Right. No, no, no. I so know, his, but his he, His relationship was over really quick in the movie. But... But we saw it end. So that means we saw it. We did get to see it when he was technically in the relationship. Okay. Even if he was just standing at the altar. Yeah. We saw the end of his relationship. Okay. And that's the part that takes a long time to come back from the end of a relationship, getting left at the altar at that. That's hard to overcome. I would say, yeah, I would say that would take some serious time to get over. Yeah. Like... Minimum one year. Yeah. You would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So All that's right. how the characters changed. There you go. That was good. So as, uh, so if you're a new listener or <coughs> if you are a returning listener, you'll notice that Megan does a lot of, as she put it, the heavy lifting. On our show. <laughs> she is the storyteller. She's the right. I'm clicking my pen. That's what it is. I think a, a cat is also trying to get in. Probably. I heard the I heard the doorknob go like. Sarabi can open doors. They can open doors. <laughs> <laughs> so Megan is the storyteller. And she's in good writing. At, yeah, but you can like. I'm not good at talking. Sorry. But you're good at seeing a story and unpacking it. (laughs) 
Well, I'm I, I'm good at seeing it. I'm less good at unpacking. Well, it. I can't at all. <laughs> but you know what you like, and you always like the right parts. Yeah, I don't know art, but I know what I like. Yeah. So, if you're wondering why I don't talk much, <laughs> I I'm kind of like the interviewer, and I interview Megan every week. <laughs> so you, she's the expert, and you get to get her expert opinion and breakdown of books and movies. And I'll just tell you the parts that I liked. All right. Does this movie stand the test of time? Yeah, it already has. It has. It has, yeah. It's from 98, so it makes it almost closing on, what, 30 years? Yeah. That's... People will be watching it. And uh, no, put it this way. If it stands the test of time, we'll... Will our generation will watch it because we had it? Yeah. Will the next generations? Will the Gen Zs watch it? You know. Will the I Gen Alphas watch it? I wouldn't think they'd be into Friends as much as they are. That's so true. Who the hell knows? And I say Friends is pretty much unwatchable at this point. Yeah. I we try to watch it. It's like this shit is dumb. Yeah. But we watched the pilot. <sighs> I think I have a disdain for friends because people think it's like the best thing since sliced bread right now. So I automatically don't like it because it's so basic. Yeah. But give me Frasier and give me Seinfeld. Like, well, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I feel like Seinfeld, though, is more of a cultural phenomenon. I think people have like forced friends into being a cultural phenomenon. And it's it's not worthy of that. That show was huge, though. But Frasier was always better. It was, but people didn't. Friends had something, had the, I don't know. Friends had the friends. Yeah. And people liked, like, yeah, Monica was, like, out of work for whatever, for, I feel like, a long period of time. Right? No. She was. She was a chef. But she was fired. Oh, I don't. I she yeah, she was trained as a chef, but I thought it started out with she was like fired. I don't know. I could be totally misremembering that since I haven't watched it since it was on Probably TV, on, like yeah. on TV on Thursdays. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I thought she was like she was broke. She was always talking about being broke. She was her roommate Rachel was. A cocktail, a not even a cocktail waitress. Yeah, I a thought she. I waitress. think she was a uh, trust fund kid, though. But she didn't get her trust fund. I I don't know. Like because I think she didn't get married because like the at first she ran away from her wedding and had to live with Monica. How is Monica living in this two bedroom apartment? Humongous, huge two bedroom apartment in New York in Manhattan. Even the guy's apartment across the hall is humongous. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, I just, I remember that being it's, a thing. It's probably that was a controlled. thing when it was on. Like, how did these people afford this? This is, this is bullshit. Probably rent control. <coughs> um, yeah, that to me is just the biggest plot hole. I can't get over it. <laughs> the real estate. 
<laughs> in Manhattan in the 90s? Well, yeah. And I, rem- I remember after that, everyone wanted a picture frame over their door. What? Everyone wanted like a stupid like picture frame box. I, I guess I don't. Over, they, over the peephole in the door. There's like a, the door's blue and the oh. picture frame is yellow. Okay, sure. And I think it, that was one of the first, um, I mean, now I, I like, I can't stand for my ears to be assaulted with that stupid theme song, but everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. Like people loved that theme song. And so anyway, if all that can stand the test of time, like the wedding singer sure can. Because because it was already a period piece. Well, it wasn't a period piece. Yeah. yeah it was the 80s. 80s, it was an 80s period, period piece. period in the 90s. Um So, things like that tend to. I think they went over the top with the 80sness a lot of times. People weren't that madonna they were wearing like flowy stupid looking dresses with puffy shoulders a lot and i don't think people and cared like, about tall the 80s in the late 90s yeah they did they were starting to be like oh <laughs> well they were making fun of it yeah and that's how that's how those stupid cycles start you you do shit to be ironic and make fun of it exactly. and then the count like it catches on as an actual trend and that's how we have mom jeans again exactly <laughs> <laughs> all these ironic mom jeans these gen z girls wearing mom jeans yes never did you think those would make a return i know of all the things but they did i remember thinking in the 2000s thank god neon and acid wash will never come back they're back i know and They've big been glasses back for 10 years stupid hairstyles like they're dressing like how their grandmother's dressed with my hair like air dried. Like I'm not even with my own generation, the millennials on the hairdos. Like unless you're talking about like southern women. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. The movie, I don't know. I we'll see if it stands the test of time when I when some of my students if they ever talk about the wedding singer. I don't think it'll stand the test of time like dirty dancing. No. It won't. I think it could that... have. It could have. That's no. what I mean. It could have it didn't if it didn't have the stupid parts. If they weren't trying to make fun of the 80s, it could have. Yeah. If they just If they were trying to just be the 80s, they wouldn't have had so many pop hits of the 80s yeah they would have had like there was a lot of good music in the 80s and people don't remember that part of about the 80s they remember like relax (laughs) frank what is what is that song i don't know i know i don't know what it's called i know which one you're talking about don't you forget about me like yeah i mean even look at uh, john hughes movies that's how people dressed in the 80s. Like puffy sleeved pastel dresses. They didn't wear like fishnets and offsided hair. Like unless they were in a music video or unless they were going to a Madonna concert. So obviously they're making fun of the 80s. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <clears throat> All right. So I think that'll wrap up the wedding singer part of it. Listeners, you might be wondering, why is this show coming out on Wednesday and not Monday? 
And if you heard Megan cough twice, <laughs> it's because she was sick all weekend. And we just try to push it off as far as we could to where she wouldn't be uncontrollably coughing in the mic. So she's only had two, which I probably won't go back and edit because I'm not going to go back for two coughs. Uh, <laughs> no. And I coughed unabashedly. The, the goal was to record before dinner. And I forgot. And you forgot. And then we had to go get groceries and dinner. And then the lightning game was on. And I had to watch that because I have to. And I wanted to record first in case not so much the lightning <laughs> lost is that the island. I hate. Because you're not a lightning fan. I, um, They're my second favorite team. Okay. So yeah, I, I am like watching with bated breath. What oh, they you do. are? Yeah. Okay. But as long as you're more, telling yourself that now. More so, I hate the New York Islanders. Yeah. And that's who they're playing. Like, I hate them more than any other team. Yes. And if they win, and I don't even know any Islanders fans. Like, no one's going to rub it in my face. But I just know there's people Shouldn't out there. Shouldn't all of your family be Islanders fans? Why? Because they they play in Brooklyn. No, they don't. They play in Long Island. They, they played do? in Brooklyn for a couple of years while they're staying. Oh, that was temporary? Their arena was getting renovated. Okay, that makes sense. And all they're right, getting and- a new one in Queens. Then that was a legitimate question by me, yeah. answered by you. Thank you. Yeah. I don't even know any Islanders fans. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I have some family members that I don't talk to that are Islanders fans, but I know there's a group of people that are really happy right now, and I don't want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was, if the lightning lost, I didn't want to record this, bummed out that the Islanders fans are happy. But luckily, the Lightning won tonight, so I'm happy about it. So you're not really watching the Lightning. You're hate-watching the Islanders. I'm hate-watching the Islanders, but <laughs> I will be... I. The first two rounds, the Lightning were in... Because my favorite team, the Rangers, is not in it. Right. And it was not in the playoffs. Right. So I was. Uh, I picked the Lightning because I've been to more Lightning games than Rangers games. Like, probably triple the amount, having grown up in St. Pete. Yeah. I don't know, maybe not, because most of the Lightning games I went to was against the Rangers. I don't know. But that's why we're recording late. So the movie we were mentioning that was had no point was oh, stupid. Yeah. I forgot was the we new gonna, I thought Netflix, we were going to talk something about something The else. new Netflix movie, Army of the Dead. <coughs> which <coughs> seemed like it had promise, but... Being about zombies, and being all. about zombies, had Dave Bautista, who I love, I love too, and it just was Dave couldn't save this movie <laughs> through no fault of his own. <laughs> through no fault of his he, own, he was probably had a contract by, from Netflix. Yeah, had to do something, even if Kamal, Kamal Nanjiani, it would have been funnier though. It would have been funny, <laughs> but no, he wouldn't have been able to save no. it either. There was no point to that movie. No. Like, it was cool action scenes. And here's the thing. We're just going to spoil it for you. Because it doesn't make sense for us to talk about it without spoiling yeah, it. Yeah, just don't watch Just it. don't watch this movie. Yeah. Because the whole thing, it's like a great zombie movie. The premise is like there are two, like, two races of zombies. Yeah. 
Um, almost. They create like a society and there's a social hierarchy and structure. Yeah. And the zombies are extraterrestrial. It's and, ruled by a zombie king and queen. Yeah. And she's like pregnant somehow. Which we is learn. stupid. No, I like it. If they can love, they can reproduce. Okay. You reproduce by biting people, making more zombies. So vampires and the discovery of witches also reproduce. That's true. I mean... And they're, they're again to a point where there were no more people to bite. Yeah. So they probably started adapting. Right. And so... So you had this the zombie hierarchy, which I was, you know, give me that love story. I'm here for that. <laughs> the zombie... There you yeah. go. It is a romance movie. <laughs> No, I mean, give me something at least. If the if the man and the woman had survived, maybe man and woman, queen, queen and king, zombie. Yeah. Like I want to know what happens to them, or I want them all to die, and I want to I want to see how this team that's been hired to go in and get this money from underground the something some the Orpheum in Vegas. I want to know how they what they do. To, like they're risking their lives, this team of 12 or so, to go in and split $50 million, you know, 12 ways, 10 ways, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to know that it was worth it for them to do that. And of course, some people are going to die. So it's a shame not all, all of them get that money. Or so it can happen one of two ways. All the humans can die. Fine. Or... Or, like, the zombies can die, which is also fine. Like, just everybody dies. Yeah. And the one person you wanted to die didn't. The the daughter? Yeah. Yeah. This daughter. She ruined it for everybody. And I feel like she's. She was a total Dave Meg Batista's, Griffin of this movie. <laughs> Dave Batista's daughter, like, sneaks in. She blackmails him. She's like, okay, either you're going to take me so I can go find my friend which is who so her friend dumb. told her don't come after me take care of my kids yeah so you're going against her friend's wishes to make yourself feel like the hero yeah the, ugh. so she she says to her dad either you're gonna bring me or i am gonna sneak in behind you and and i'm gonna can, die and it's and gonna I'm be gonna, your fault exactly <laughs> she's such a brat yeah <laughs> and uh, he said fine but you gotta stay with me and she's like fine whatever and the first chance she got she breaks off. She bails. Which she single-handedly killed her whole, her whole team. Yep. Because she did she made those dis- decisions. Yep. She killed all of them. She's the one who lives with no money. No uh couple like quarter million dollars I think she got that he took and put in his pocket and gave to her at the end. Yeah, that's nothing. Oh, I I take it. <laughs> Not for what I had to go through. No. <laughs> She was supposed to get $5 million. $15 million. Fifteen? Mm-hmm. He was uh, going to give her all of his money. Yeah. So, long story short, don't watch Army of the Dead. And then you have, you know, you have that trail ha- cliffhanger, trail hanger. What I'm, I'm oh, the, his, the cliffhanger. The one other guy that lived. The one other guy that lives. He escapes. He gets bitten by one. He gets bitten by King Zombie. He lives through a nuclear blast. A nuclear blast. The nuclear holocaust fallout. Right. 
Like you can't just walk out where a nuclear bomb was exploded. And charters a plane somewhere and then on the plane realizes he's been bit. He's been bitten. So yeah, now we have a cliffhanger. You know, um, I don't mind a bad ending. I don't mind an ending where people die if it's meaningful. But this is just like a plot hole bad ending. The whole movie was a plot hole. And I I understand it's really hard with a zombie movie not to have plot holes. Because I think zombies are an inherent plot hole themselves. Because a body that's that's fallen apart, that that whose connective tissue has been broken down, cannot move. Yeah. And actually, there's a whole book written by the guy that's helping me with my morgue research, Dr. Darren Wolf. Yeah. Um, and it's it's all about it's a forensic pathologist's report on like zombies. And how it can't work or how it would work. Well, it's how it would work, but how it doesn't work. Yeah, because you're decomposing. Because, of course, he doesn't think there are zombies, but it is fun to speculate. Of course. But he lets you know, like, he breaks it down. Like, this is what happens to your body after you die. Like, you start decomposing the second you die. Yeah, that bacteria in your gut goes to work. Yeah. And every cell dies. Like, it, you're you're dying all of you is dying like these like skeletons that are getting up and walking it just doesn't it's there's no logic that is a plot hole yeah it's the walking skeleton is inherently a plot hole <laughs> so to have a zombie movie with no plot holes is sort of an oxymoron but that's where the being an extraterrestrial was could have worked because something yeah. is making them Animate. Something otherworldly is is animating them. animating them. Yes, but ugh, <laughs> it was bad. Like it was meaningless, and I think that's yeah. It's not even you know if a movie has a bad ending, you should leave going no. And it like the the movie ended, and we're just like that was a waste of time. Yep, yep. Which and I like, think if. As a filmmaker, that's the reaction that, like, the one reaction that you don't want. No, from your, well, it's almost apathy. Viewers. Yeah, we are so apathetic. We're talking about it on our podcast. Well, because we're mad about <laughs> it, and we're telling people to not. We're watch mad it. at our apathy. I know. All right, I think that's a good place to end. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. We have our next week friend of the show, Petra, Petra historical about- romance expert. In so, residence. So that's going to be a good one. Make sure you turn in for, tune in for that. And that should be out normal time. Yeah, we're recording on Saturday. So it will be out by Monday. All right. And it's, uh, what is the book called? I don't know. Uh, it's it happened, it happened one autumn. It's a Wallflowers book number two. And it is a pretty iconic Lisa Claypus book. All right. With that, thank you for listening. Don't forget us to give us a... Don't forget to give us a five-star rating on (laughs) Apple Podcasts. Until next week, goodbye. Bye.